Please note the following radio play contains heavy references to abortion, Nazism, and the Holocaust. This is a story about two friends, Max and Eric. Two more than friends, really. Perhaps we should call them brothers, for they loved each other more than you or I could ever know. And then they had this following conversation over text. Hey, Eric. Are you still pro-choice? Yeah. Why do you ask? Just been thinking, man, about the things that really matter in life. I think abortion is definitely the unspoken moral crisis of our time. It's something I have to stand against in all areas of my life, including my friends. And there it is. Well... I can't imagine you'll be surprised when I say that mindset is mildly crazy, Max. I mean, are you saying you just flat out wouldn't be friends with someone with different ethics? That you wouldn't be friends with someone who isn't also Catholic? Look, Eric, let me put it this way. What if you got a girl pregnant and because of your views thought it wasn't the right time and encouraged an abortion? In my eyes, you would be a direct murderer. Well, I'm going to fucking kill this motherfucker. I thought you might make that hypothetical. How am I supposed to respond to that? Eric, it has been conclusively proven that human life starts at conception. Yet certain people think it is okay to kill children in the womb. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist, or a Christian, or a Catholic, or believe in any religion you can name. It doesn't require mystical contemplation or transcendental philosophy to understand that basic fact. Except it does, though. That's why they call it an ethical dilemma. Fucking moron. If you look at the statistics of how many children have been murdered by abortion, it makes the Holocaust look like child's play. Would you hang out and be mates with someone who supported a Nazi's right to choose to slaughter defenseless Jews? I'm going to take a glass and smash it in his face. If you think those two situations are analogous, there's nothing I can do to change your mind. <laughs> but just think about this a moment. I, are, you, are you really, for the rest of your life, or at least indefinitely, going to excommunicate anyone who disagrees with you on the big issues? Is this the new normal now? If it has to be, then yes. The fact that you believe it is okay to kill children is no longer acceptable to me, Eric. Okay, I won't tolerate it. It's not like you're ignorant of it either. I've explained everything to you. You haven't lived in a bubble. Look, history has shown that being moral often means hardship, pain and sacrifice, whether that be friends, family or just general society. I've decided I'm willing to sacrifice everything if it means that I'm on the side of the good. Unfortunately, if you persist in your beliefs, that includes our friendship. Fine. Fine, Max. Okay, fine. But... Let's suppose that my ethics really are just deplorable. That being pro-choice is utterly 
heathenish. Will running away from me and insulating yourself from my moral stench by disassociation actually do anything? Will one fetus be saved? Will anyone in the world be better off because you nobly refused to grab coffee with me? Eric, I'm picking the pro-life hill to die on. It is about principles, not outcomes. I'm not even exaggerating with this, but sitting down with you is like sitting down and wanting to be friends with someone who supports what the Nazis did to the Jews. Especially for someone like me whose mother became pregnant as a teenager, meaning I very, very nearly ended up as an abortion. For you to support abortion is to basically support the people who didn't want me to exist and would have happily killed me. Are you satisfied now? Not really. I probably would have preferred if you had been aborted. Look, don't mistake me, Eric. I value our friendship, but much of it was formed in our teenage years where we didn't have much responsibility or serious thinking to do. But we're men now. I'm 21, and you will be very soon. And I believe part of being a man is taking responsibility as a soldier for the good and fighting what is evil, especially standing up for those that can't defend themselves. I'm trying to think of what sort of world I want my kids to live in, and yours also. One that places conditional value on life, or one where only the wanted are loved and the rest are killed. And as long as I keep tolerating the views of the latter and acting as if everything is okay, nothing is ever going to change. Oh, humanity's savior. It's so touching what you're doing. I would urge you to search your own conscience on this matter further. I think in life we get bogged down in mundane things, which aren't really of any consequence. But there are certain things that warrant your utmost research and attention before forming an opinion on, like God or abortion. I think you're a good person. And if you search hard enough, your views would reflect that. The next morning, after that rather harrowing conversation, Eric called his old English tutor from high school, Olivia. Olivia used to teach both Max and Eric. He was certain that she would know the right things to say to console him. This is the conversation they had over the phone. Oh, Eric. Hi. Hey, Liv. Hey, sorry, I know this is a bit random, but I kind of need to chat about something if you're free. I have to leave for work in exactly nine minutes, but I can talk to then if you like. Sweet, great, great, thanks, Liv. Basically, um, last night Max and I had this super long convo where he, well, cancelled me. He just messaged me being like, are you still pro-choice? And I was like, yeah. And now he doesn't really want to be friends with me anymore. It might be easier if I sent you through some screenshots of our chat. Wow, yeah. Okay, I'm skimming through them now. Yes, I felt that had already happened, Eric. I'm really sorry that it's happened to you, though. Not even remotely deserved. It's just hard, though, because, like, what do, you, what do I even say to that, you know? 
I really just think of him as family. Yes, and he currently sees the world as worthy and unworthy, hero and villain, virtuous and unclean, rather than anything as organic and wise as that. <laughs> Ironically, it's supposedly in the name of life and love. The irony had crossed my mind. This doesn't feel very loving to me. It's not. It's about identity and needing to feel right and safe and important. He didn't have your starting ingredients, Eric, or your natural gifts of true learning or humility. I remember when you predicted this a few months ago, I thought you were being a bit dramatic. I suppose you weren't. Narrow worldviews need to shut a lot of stuff out to maintain themselves, Eric. Particularly anyone who's living proof that having a different view and being a loving, appealing, intelligent person is very possible. Your depth and kindness and the love he knows you represent actually make you more inconvenient to the narrative he currently needs to be shouting to himself. So you think it's less to do with the actual moral conflict between pro-choice or pro-life and more so a kind of mental protection web Max is trying to weave for himself? Yes, absolutely. Eric, people don't exile their best friends over a disagreement if there isn't something else at play. When you join a cult, or cult-like version of Christianity, thinking outsiders need to be surgically removed suddenly seems very plausible. You do not need to feel bad about this, Eric. Do not feel guilty. Max is trying to understand and feel certain things about himself, and he believes it's about an issue and that his views are vital. That's a human process he's going through. And I'm sad that it's hurting you, and I'm frustrated that it's so self-unaware on his side, but I'm also compassionate about that. That's where I'd leave it. Some people need to stage these mythical hero quests for themselves to have the feelings they need to have. It's just, I don't know. He's a smart guy. He's smarter than I am. Shouldn't he notice that that's what he's doing? Well, it blindsided me too. I hadn't expected him to just go so far along the conservative, I need to perfectly sanitize everything about the world end of the political spectrum. I'll say it again though, Eric, this is not about you, and this is not about abortion. Max is clumsily and self-destructively doing what he needs to feel secure and safe again. His subconscious is saying, I'm frightened of gray areas. I'm worried that I might be vulnerable and not very influential. The structures I used to assume made me stable have proven unreliable. The institution that used to give me good marks and medals doesn't do that anymore. I've got deep-seated pain about key formative relationships in my life that I refuse to deal with. And there are aspects of myself I'm really frightened of. I need to pretend that they don't exist. But I found an ideology that tells me what to be certain about and who to feel better than and that I'm a vital crusader, so it's all okay. Picture your need for safety and relevance and dial it to breaking point. And I'm so sorry to do this, but I have to go. No, that's fine. All good. Thanks so much, Liv. It clarified a lot. Okay, great. Well, I'm sorry, Eric, but you You're will be okay. So Why are you on your own tonight? And if you are so clever Why are you on your own tonight? After this rousing chat, Eric wrote a letter to Max, and then another, and another, and another. He never sent any of them, of course, and more than a year passed 
but he could never quite write the perfect letter. This is the last draft he ever wrote. You might even say it's a conversation he had with himself. Dear Max, I've written this letter too many times. I have an entire folder purely for all the drafts I've jotted down. There's just so much I need to tell you, so much I need to convince you of. But how can I ever translate that infinite monologue inside my own head into words on paper? You'd like the early letters I wrote. They're all very pretty. I'd even included quotes from our favourite authors on love and friendship. Real wholesome, isn't the world so beautiful kind of stuff. Look at this one by Marilyn Robinson. There is no justice in love, no proportion in it, and there need not be. Because in any specific instance, it is only a glimpse or parable of an embracing, incomprehensible reality. I like that quote. I liked writing about how much I love you, Max. It was fun. It felt nice and warm and fuzzy on the inside, but it wasn't honest. Not because I don't love you, I do, but because I wasn't talking about what I should have. I wasn't really trying to communicate with you or better understand who you are as a person. I was too obsessed with projecting a kinder, more elegant version of myself onto paper and staring at the rose-tinted reflection I'd conjured of myself. You should know that after our conversation about abortion, I called Olivia. And like those letters I wrote to you, or perhaps more accurately to myself, she made me feel nice and warm and safe. She told me I didn't have to listen to your arguments, that my ethics were fine, but yours weren't. The only thing I had to reflect on was how cruel you were being. How tragically cruel. I think she was wrong. I think you were wrong. And I was wrong. Have we been talking to each other, Max? Really? Have you been looking at me and I at you? Or have we just been saying the things we need to tell ourselves while in front of other people? I didn't seriously engage with any of your arguments about abortion in any of those drafts, but I should have. I will now. I've thought about what you said, and I don't have any answers for you, Max. No compelling responses. You have an ethical position I find extreme and cruel. But at least you've thought about it. I'm pro-choice, but not through any great struggle, not through any soul-searching, but because it was natural, expected. It's the comfortable middle-of-center position that I latched onto, but never consciously. Abortion is not the same as murder, though. And of course, being pro-choice is not tantamount to supporting the Nazis. If you already think that, I don't think I can convince you otherwise. <laughs> Maybe I could. Maybe I should argue the point further, but I won't. It's too upsetting to talk about because it reminds me that that's how you think of me.
It's too degrading to argue that I'm not as bad as a Nazi sympathizer. I'm wrapping things up now. This is the last letter I'll ever write to you, Max. The last thing I will say. And no, this is the most honest, non-bullshitty thing that I am capable of uttering. Is that I miss you and I want you back. You are the funnest, most interesting person I know. So please come home. Please. Love me as much as I love you. Yours. Eric. Oh, mother, I can feel the song.